This is Juan Sanchez Villalobos Ramirez, and you're listening to Trex in Sci-Fi. You remember, there can be only one. Hello, folks, and uh, that intro brought to us by our Rob Butler, a Lone Spar on the forums. He does some great uh, voices. He did John Connor a while back, and I've got a few others that I'm going to be playing throughout today's podcast for you. So thanks for that. He had a couple of, he was inspired by the uh, great Highlander uh, podcast last weekend by Al. Thanks again, Al. That was a great show. Uh, Today, though, is uh, June 27th, 2010. My goodness, it's almost the 4th of July. It's almost uh, uh, summer. (laughs) Summer is here officially, even though it's been hot for a long time. This will be podcast 285 for Treks in Sci-Fi, and I'm Rico. If you haven't figured that out yet, uh, if you happen to be new to the show, welcome. Uh, If this is your first uh, little, uh, you know, diving in and trying out uh, this weird Sci-Fi and Trek podcast. What we're going to be doing today uh, is looking at, uh, mainly looking at, for most of the show, the Enterprise episode called Cease Fire. I like this one quite a bit. It involves the Andorians, and they're one of my favorite races on uh, Trek for a long time. So anyway, we'll be looking at that. Probably going to play the episode, do a full commentary as I watch it with you and talk about it. A few other things to go over first, uh, and um, I guess that about covers it. So let's get rolling. Again, welcome everyone to this week's edition of Treks in Sci-Fi. It seems like it's been a little while. I think it's been two weeks for me before I've uh, or since I've been talking uh, to you. Uh, Lynn visited last weekend here, and that's why we had that guest show, uh, which was great. Uh, both the the visit and uh, the fact that uh, had uh, someone sitting in the uh, center seat for uh, Treks in Sci-Fi. And uh, again, thanks very much, Al. Uh, we've got a lot of great uh, compliments on your show, and, and you're welcome back anytime to uh, to host again uh, about another subject. Uh, it's just 
it's really helpful and it, it's uh, I, I've joked a few times with some people and saying I'm trying to turn myself into uh, Johnny Carson and eventually you know Treks and sci-fi will just sort of l- go on and live on without me and there'll just be a series of other hosts and things and I'll just pop in now and then you know to give them some pointers and, and maybe do a show you know a little now and then <laughs> oh it's going on five years this this fall this September will be five years for Treks and sci-fi which I I just had no idea when I just sort of, you know, had a little time and the whole uh, end of Enterprise, you know, kind of inspired me and Star Trek was just sort of, you know, it was falling off the edge of the earth, it seemed like, and when I started the show. But we'll, we'll, we'll leave that nostalgia talk more for the anniversary show, for the fifth anniversary show. We're going to have to do some fun stuff for that, is all I can say. So uh, my week, uh, trying not to smack my lips. Oh, I, I, I got to mention a couple other things. Before we get too into this, uh, first, if the sound quality is just a tiny bit different uh, again today, uh, I have moved my computer and, and the desk that it was on into the bedroom, which is the only air-conditioned uh, little, you know, uh, hidey hole. <laughs> hidey hole. How do you spell that? Is that a real word? There's usually something each show that I say that I think I'm inventing. I mean, I hear those expressions, but I don't know if it's a, you know. If it's a real word, I think it's probably two words. Heidi and then whole, I think, would be two words. Oh my goodness, I, I gotta, I gotta, I could ramble a lot today. I can already see it coming. But what I did though is probably mid or ish, mid mid last week, I moved uh, this stuff in here into the uh, bedroom uh, out from the rest of the apartment that I've been staying in in Rockford here because of the heat and the second floor and I don't really have the ability to to cool the whole place I just have a small window unit for the bedroom Uh, what I was hoping to do and what I was thinking of doing at one time was to get just a laptop and take it to you know around where I would need to like into the bedroom and leave the main computer out in the uh, you know the main area but uh, I'll, I'll quickly tell you a story I went to Best Buy actually and was very close to buying a laptop this uh this past week and what I had seen, I saw the this, it was a nice Asus laptop. They've got, uh, it's got a lot of great features, great capabilities, everything that I really needed and wanted. And I had seen it on their website. It was about $50 cheaper on their website than their price listed in the store. And I asked the guy at Best Buy, I said, hey, can I get it for the online price, your online price on your website? And he said, no, you, you can't do that. That's not the same. And you'd have to order it online and then pick it up in the store. And I'm like, well, I don't understand. Why Why can't you just match that? And and he said, well, you could order it online here, right at the computer here in the store, and then we could just give it to you at that price. So I'm like, well, I guess that would work. So I'm over there. I'm about to do it or I'm you know, getting closer. And one of the other guys comes by, a sales guy comes by. Well, he says something like, well, you know, if you do that, it takes like a whole hour or more for it to go, sort of go through their online system to for them to get the... Uh, order in their system so that they can give me the laptop and I'm like are you guys really trying hard not to sell me this laptop so I walked away I was frustrated it it seemed ridiculous I know it seemed a small thing but you know stores and I know these guys just don't care they're just being paid some probably pretty low wage there to sell things and I think I've been told they don't even really work on commission at least that's what I, I think I remember but, I mean, can you believe that? I mean, it's a crazy thing. And, and I remember a couple of years back when I bought the HDTV that I own, uh, it's, uh, I, I had found, uh, found that TV online 
a, a very good price for it on a completely different uh, store and everything like that. Printed it out, took it into Best Buy. They had the same TV, same model. Showed the guy the printout, and he matched that price. Here, you know, they, you know, and it was a couple, a few hundred dollars different between their store price. And now this guy won't even drop fifty bucks off a laptop for me. Uh, you know, uh, really? <laughs> so anyway, that at, at the end of that day, I just decided to come back here to the apartment. And since the probably a big part of the reason I wanted the laptop was to was to uh, be able to be in a, a cooler area during the summertime here. But uh, I just shoved the whole desk, the computer, and everything into the bedroom, and I'm I'm good. But you may hear uh, it may have a little different sound quality, and also I have the air conditioning running, of course. So you may hear that just a tiny bit. But I I did a couple of tests, uh, record recording tests before I really got rolling here this morning, and it sounds okay to me. So I don't think you're going to really notice much. But um, anyway, I'm going to take a very uh, short break here and come back and talk about a couple of Real brief, a couple of Trek stories, and then we're going to get into the episode of Enterprise. Hello, Rico. This is Bill Compton from Bonton, Louisiana. I was sitting here enjoying a nice glass of old negative listening to your podcast. And I must say, it is a very finely done show. A while back, I heard you mention us down here, and I do appreciate it. Well, sir... Dawn approaches, and I must retire. As uh, you say, live long and prosper. Good day. Yeah, there's Rob again doing a great Bill Compton. I, uh, I can't talk like Bill Compton can. You know, he talks from Louisiana, and I don't do a very good Bill Compton like he does, I don't think. Well, maybe I could do it. I don't know. Lynn always bugs me, you know, when we were... There was times where we were possibly going to be ending up moving down south for jobs and stuff. And during that time, I would pull out my southern accent, and she did not appreciate it. I don't know why. <laughs> oh, why am I so goofy today? Probably didn't get enough sleep. Probably is usually the case for me. So, um, But it makes for a more fun-filled podcast, doesn't it? Uh, let's see. The, the first story, this is a pretty good one, actually. It's been very uh, silent on the whole uh, next Star Trek movie uh, discussion. You know, I haven't really brought up much on the podcast. There's, it's not been talked about a whole lot, but there is a tiny bit of information now. The, the two main writers, uh, Roberto or Orsi, yeah, I think that's how you say it, Roberto Orsi and Alex Kurtzman, are working on the uh, going to be working on the or have worked on the story and are uh, starting in on the script and there was an interview that Trek Movie did with them a uh, great website trekmovie.com uh, these guys had just received a uh, an award at the uh, uh, jo- George Pal who who is a classic uh, director of, of sci- he did um, War of the Worlds and and things like that uh, uh, from the 50s, that version. They got a, uh, an award, a Saturn Award, uh, and outside of that, I think, either before or after, they were interviewed and asked about the movie and the status of the script and villain and maybe a possible title for the movie. Anyway, I, I captured a little audio from that interview, and I'm going to play it for you now. I think it's two or three minutes long, and I'll come back after that. So here you go with uh, talking to uh, Roberto and Alex about the next Star Trek movie story. Um, so, 
Speaking of Star Trek, uh, can you give us what's your what's the status of the script right now? Is it a story phase? We have a story, and now the next step is we all get together and try to destroy it. So you consider the story done? Not done, no. but we, we, we know we the have basic one that we're all going to stay stand around and try and and try and shake loose and see if it stands up to our scrutiny. So if that it does, means we do it. If it doesn't, then we we do a little more drawing board. Okay. So that means you've made some key decisions, like who the villain is, perhaps. 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 Yeah. Perhaps. Yes. Yes. Now Alex, we have a we have a front runner. <laughs> now Alex at the um, the WGA Awards, you talked about how second movies are all about the villain. Is that are you still thinking that way for this movie? Well, I think the emphasis is a little bit different in that the first movie, like a movie like Trek or. Uh, is really about watching the team come together. That doesn't go away in the second movie. In the second movie, it's about how does the team now, that they're on their journey, live together as a family. So that's still a huge engine of the, of the narrative. But the, 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 the kind of action plot and villain become a bigger part of uh, the movie you feel? I, I think you have a little bit more room. Uh, but I don't think that means that you can skimp on time with the rich group. Okay, and uh, I'll get more in the press room hopefully, but the last question, so how, how does it work with, with you guys and with Damon, especially now that he's not with Lost? Is he going to be with you through the whole process or just on the story? Yeah, seriously. It's actually, look, we were massive fans of Lost and I thought the finale was unbelievable and I'm incredibly relieved that we have him full-time now because now we're going to really dive into Trek next week when he's back from a very well-deserved vacation, and we'll get going. So, any spoilers? New characters coming back? Anything? Got nothing. What about a title? Is it going to have a colon in it? Is it going to have a colon? It probably has to. Do you have any title ideas? Feel well, free to have a poll on that. I, we what do we call this thing? It can't be Star Trek 12. I've been pushing be for the Trek idea of not Star Trek, like the Dark Knight. Find a name that's... Evocative uh, of Star Trek. Wow, is that a is that a legal man? Would the fans revolt? Will Some you, fans would. Can you soften the ground? I like that idea. <laughs> you like the idea? Well, we'll run another poll. I've been pushing the idea. Some I like fans that. Are, but I, I figure the the first movies were Star Trek with a Roman numeral. Sure. The second movie was Star Trek with a colon. You guys should have your own thing. Just Star Trek's been around enough. You're gonna know it's Star Trek. Call it. I like that. It's interesting. We'll okay. take it to the court and we'll see what, what everybody says. Excellent. So we can call it like cold, cold space. <laughs> or something, right? Okay, that works. There you go. Thanks. Yeah, so they, you know, they didn't reveal a whole heck of a lot. It sounds like, a, you know, they've got a villain in mind, uh, which uh, I'm trying not to read too much into this. You know, when, you, when you've got a villain, uh, you know, that it makes me think that they're going to use a someone, uh, a character in Trek that we know. You know, there's been a lot of talk that they may use Khan in this next film uh, or or perhaps maybe, you know, even like Kor, you know, who was a classic Klingon villain uh, from obviously from the original series and ended up a little bit on Deep Space Nine and things like that. Uh, so we'll see. And, and maybe it's a completely new villain. As far as this, this idea of uh, the, the title, you know, whether it's going to be Star Trek colon something or, or just a name, uh, in, you know, in the, uh, you know, like, like they uh, suggested the guy from uh, Trek movie, uh, Anthony, I think, was doing the interview. Anyway, he had suggested they do something like The Dark Knight. 
And I, I think that could work. I, I'm still, I think, a little partial to keeping Star Trek in the name. I don't know. That's just me. I'm a little more traditional. And, and uh, even if you're not going to have a Roman numeral for the for the movie title, uh, you know, the Bond films have always used, I guess, you know, their own names uh, for their for their movies. That's another big franchise. They never called themselves like James Bond number whatever or anything, or James Bond colon you know, the living daylights or anything like that. So who knows what they'll do. Uh, my feeling is is really probably that they'll call it Star Trek colon Wrath of Khan 2. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. But uh, interesting stuff, and uh, we'll keep everyone posted on that. Another uh, Trek-related story. It looks like it, this is kind of a, I'd call it... Uh, you know, a, a fairly confirmed rumor. It looks like they are going to be doing and filming a Free Enterprise 2. Uh, uh, Billy Bob Joe on the forum will be excited about this because he did that great podcast about that movie with William Shatner, uh, which is sort of a, a little bit of a spoof about Trek and, and William Shatner as well. Great film. You all should see that uh, Free Enterprise. But they're, they're going to be working, it looks like, on a sequel to that this summer filming it uh called uh something called you know probably free enterprise 2 uh, i think is going to be the name although uh some of the people involved with the movie uh the first one are, are kind of sl- sort of denying this and but william shantner has been interviewed and there's a uh, article in a newspaper that he's been talked to and he's saying this is happening so uh, I'll, I'll trust bill and and uh, i don't think he's conning us bill doesn't i think he's gotten to the point uh, that he just you know if you tell the guy something, he ain't going to keep it quiet. So uh, anyway, uh, Free Enterprise 2 looks like it's going to be uh, on its way. And the last uh, story, it looks like uh, some people from Trek have won some uh, Saturn Awards uh, this year. Uh, Leonard Nimoy won for Best Guest Star on his uh, recurring role uh, on Fringe. Uh, and Roberto Orsi and Alex Kurtzman won Saturns uh, for their work on the Star Trek movie last year. So did Barney Berman, who did a lot of the makeup and and stuff for the movie, uh, the Star Trek film. So that's great, uh, great stuff. Uh, Star Trek probably would have won more, even more Saturn Awards, but a little movie called Avatar won some things like Best uh, Sci-Fi Film of the Year and things like that. Darn that Avatar. So, (laughs) all right, everyone, that's enough news and that. I've got to get into the episode of Enterprise now. Since that will take up the bulk of the rest of the podcast, I'll take a short break, and I will be right back with uh, the Enterprise episode, Ceasefire. Hi, this is Rick Moyer. And this is Amy Moyer, and we are the hosts of Take Him With You. The weekly podcast where we discuss life at the geeky Moyer's home, and then we talk about our faith and how it relates to the world around us. Very, very positive podcast, and we think you really enjoy it. And I love Star Trek and heavy metal music. And I like Star Trek. Kinda. And heavy metal music. And I hate heavy metal music. <laughs> hate is a strong word. Oh, well, you got to understand when you're recording. Give in to your hate, Amy. When you're recording and you go over and over those loud, obnoxious riffs, you know, I mm-hmm. do not like the loud guitar. You're talking about the parody songs that I do right here on Treks and Sci-Fi. Some of them I like. Give in to your hate. You've done some big band songs and some soft songs that I've liked. Yeah, well, anyway. Yeah, I just don't really like the heavy metal. Want to hear more of our banter? You can by listening to our podcast. Where can they find it? You can find it at TakeHimWithYou.com or iTunes. That's right, iTunes. Yes. 
so you can tune in and but I do like some sci-fi Amy I'm your husband <laughs> I like Star Trek and I like like Babylon 5 and make it so some different sci-fi. we're going too long now let's we're too long. go okay. away thank you Rico for all that you do we love Treks and sci-fi and hopefully people come over and take a listen to our podcast take him with you it is your destiny do or don't do don't try <laughs> Don't try to quote Yoda when you can. <laughs> I can't. Mm, quote him, you cannot. No, I can't talk like Grover very well. Grover? It's Yoda. <laughs> All right, here we go with the episode Ceasefire from Season 2 of Enterprise. Starting out with a group of uh, Andorians here under a pretty bad fight going on. Report. The Imperial Guard will die at their posts by I know my men are willing to die. I want to hear their chances of surviving. We're holding our positions for now, but the enemy's deployed new units here and here. They're looking for a weakness. They may have found it. We've taken more casualties. I've received a communique. The Vulcans want to discuss terms for a ceasefire. Have you ever known a Vulcan who wouldn't lie to get what he wanted? There is another option. That's actually Susie Plaxen, who played Worf's, uh, you know, lover on uh, TNG there. to be quite even-handed in dealing with Vulcans. His name is Archer. Yeah, like I say, that was... Uh, Susie Plaxen. I'm going to turn down the uh, intro theme, even though I kind of enjoy it. It's still not as good as when, you know, Jen was singing it and Angela. Anyway, this is this episode of Enterprise is from season two, uh, about the mid towards the end of the season. Uh, It is written by Chris Black, uh, directed by David Strayton. I like this one a lot because it starts to move the the you know the whole thing about peace between the founding members of the Federation between the Andorians the Vulcans the Tellarites and the Federation uh, it starts to put us on that path and shows how instrumental that Archer is in uh, in doing this so uh, I, it's one of the reasons I wanted to pick this one I think it's kind of critical and uh, I always like Shran, uh, Jeffrey Combs playing Shran as uh, the Andorian throughout Enterprise's run too. He does a great job. So, be getting back to the episode here in just a moment. Hopefully, the volume will be good. Trying to tweak that a little. Sure, he wants me. Ambassador Sabal said your presence is crucial to resolving the crisis. What's this planet called again? The Vulcan name is Pon Makar. The Andorians call it Waitan. It's on the frontier between their systems. Both sides claim it belongs to them. They've nearly gone to war over it twice in the past century. How do they expect me to help settle a conflict they haven't been able to resolve in a hundred years? Saval says you'll be fully briefed when you arrive. Jonathan, this is the 
first time the Vulcans have asked for our help. You're the closest thing we have to an ambassador out there. You know how important this could be. Of course, Saval is the Vulcan ambassador, we'll uh, played can. by Gary Graham, who did Alienation and other shows. Uh, he had a recurring role as Saval in throughout Enterprise's run. I don't like pushing the engines this hard. The injectors are running at 110%. They're rated for 120. And mine, the worst flame retardant. That doesn't mean I'm going to light myself on fire to prove it. <laughs> ah, trip. He's I so... I like him so much on Enterprise. Probably my I've favorite. I've been reading about Han in the Vulcan database. It doesn't say a lot. Class D, not much bigger than Earth's moon. They're having a little uh, usual dinner here in the captain's mess. Uh, the the three main, T'Pol, Trip, and Archer. Why are you fighting over it? When the Andorians first arrived a century ago, they began to terraform the planet. Once an atmosphere was developed, they established a settlement. If it was unclaimed at the time, why would there be a problem? Its sole value is its strategic location near Vulcan space. Yeah, it's like, well, when you want it, then we want it. It was the only logical conclusion. Was there any evidence? How much evidence would you need if the Klingons decided to set up a colony on Pluto? That's not the same thing. The Andorians refused to let the High Command inspect a colony, so they annexed Pomkar to protect their territory. What happened to the Andorian colonists? They were removed. Ah, uh, uh-huh. Yeah. They left the High Command a little choice. A surveillance satellite was put into orbit to monitor the agreement. Yeah, Vulcans. Century. Not emotional, no. but but they can be a little tough sometimes when they need to be. Captain Starlog, supplemental. In the three days it's taken us to reach Pon Makar, the situation has grown considerably more tense. So they're being escorted by uh, a couple of uh, Vulcan ships there to the colony. Welcome aboard, Ambassador. Thank you, Captain. This is Subcommander Murak. T'Pol's been filling me in on the situation here, but I still have a lot of questions. If you don't mind, Captain, I have a question like, of my own. Like, why me, you know? Why would an officer of the Andorian Imperial Guard personally request your involvement? Well, you know, we... I don't understand. ...exchange emails and stuff. I was stuff, told you, you know. asked for me. I'm involved in extremely difficult and dangerous negotiations. I don't consider your presence here an asset. If that's how you feel. We'll gladly continue with our mission. Six days ago, an Andorian regimental commander named Shran landed a force on Pon Makar and occupied the settlement. Shran? Naturally, we attempted to enforce the Treaty of 2097. Naturally. We've regained control of half the colony. But two dozen Vulcans have been wounded and three have been taken hostage. Shran has agreed to discuss terms for the safe return, but only if you act as mediator. For some reason, he finds you trustworthy. Uh-huh. Ah, the Vulcans, they really hate asking for help, too, in this episode, and, and especially Saval. 
who was always reluctant to uh, to help, uh, help at the beginning of uh, the whole yes, series, Captain, really. I'm asking for your help. <laughs> Can we write this down? Can we say that again? <laughs> He's Archer's loving that, uh, of course. I'll see what I can do. Forgive my candor, but that's hardly reassuring. The last time you dealt with the Andorians, a Vulcan intelligence site was compromised and a priceless monastery destroyed. Yeah. Well, you were spying on them, too, so... Obviously, I'm here at the request of the Andorians. Shran believes he can trust me. I don't intend to prove him wrong by going down there with a Vulcan officer in tow. If you insist I bring a Vulcan along, I'll take the one I know I can trust. Ah. Ah, you gotta like that. That's good. Good stuff. You take to Paul with up? him. Yes. This planet is home to a rather pernicious mutagenic pathogen. I'll need to bombard your immune system with analeptic radiation to protect you while well, you're on the surface. Analeptic? Well, what the heck is that? It's quite painless, I assure you. What about DePaul? Vulcan physiology isn't affected by the pathogen. Well, of course it Shall isn't. We? Ah, Flox. He's always got such a smile on his face. He's great. John Billingsley Should only take a moment. does a super job, always. If I may ask, how did your first meeting with the Vulcans go? I could see that they, you know, use this uh, to just get him into sickbay to have a little conversation with the doctor. In the first place, and now your presence is crucial to their interests. It's crucial to ours, too. Maybe we're not out here to just scan comets and meet new species. Maybe we're out here to prove that humanity's ready to join a much larger community. I intend to do that. Whether the Vulcans like it or not. All finished. Captain. I served as a medic in the Denobulan infantry. If I learned anything from that experience, it's that battlefields are unpredictable places. Even under a flag of truce. Be careful. Again, you know, the the little rumblings there of the Federation being formed and an alliance between these major powers is, is coming out. And it's something Archer has really got in, the, in his mind and wants to work on. Sandoria jamming signal. I'm entering the landing coordinates they gave us. Let's hope they're accurate. Did you have a chance to read the territorial compromise? I glanced at it. Compromise is at the heart of this dispute. It's worth your attention. It's 1,200 pages long. Did you glance at any of the other materials I sent to your quarters? Bullard's treatise on negotiating tactics is the definitive text on the subject. I got all of it. Bullard's treatise, the revised intersystem agreement, the high command briefing on the border incursions of 2112. I was up till 2 a.m. Glancing. Glancing, yeah. Well, the Vulcans have not been able to get this to work anyway, so that let me use my way. For this. Ambassador Saval clearly believes you'll fail. Well, I was that's hoping nice. some advanced preparation would help you prove him wrong. Thanks. But I doubt I'm going to impress Rand by quoting Vulcan treaties. 
I assume you have a strategy. First thing is to convince Shran that he can trust me. And then? We're just gonna have to play it by ear. <laughs> uh, that's the you know that's the human way, and that's you know the way Archer likes to do things too. And and, he, and he's got a point. You know, reading all those Vulcan texts is, is would be great, but it, it, it's not helped them. Uh, you know, throughout the trying to make sure peace with the Andorians. So. Yes. And they're uh, in their kind of like little jackets for their landing party. I like the way Enterprise used that, especially in the early seasons. They seemed to get away from it later on, but they had these sort of, you know, jackets. It reminds me of the original pilot of uh, of, of Trek, the cage, where they had those jackets the landing okay. party would wear. Captain! Uh, I think they found their Andorians. Susie Plaxen is just so darn tall. I think she's almost six foot or so. Makes a good Andorian. I'm Captain Jonathan Archer. I'm here to see Commander Shran. He's expecting you without a Vulcan escort. I wasn't told to come alone. This is my science officer. She helped expose the Vulcan listening post at Pajem. I thought Shran might enjoy seeing her again. Now they're putting uh, black hoods over them so they don't see where they're going. Although, I don't, you know, they don't really take them very far, it seems like, although there's a, you know, a quick cut and scene and then they're into this headquarters area. And now it's Shran time. Imagine my first diplomatic mission would involve sitting around a big table. Toasting with champagne, signing things with lots of pens. The pink skin sense of humor. Yeah, Jeffrey Combs. My apologies for the security precautions. We can never be too vigilant when it comes to Vulcans. They say the same thing about you. Sure they do. We're aggressive. Illogical. Prove them wrong. That's why you're here, Captain. To help us do just that. I've dealt with the Vulcans twice before where you were involved. Both times, you handled the situation without prejudice. I hope I can help again. But the first thing I need is to see the hostages. Hostages? Criminals take hostages. Kidnappers looking for ransom take hostages. I assume you're referring to the enemy soldiers we captured. The Vulcans want to know they're all right. They haven't been harmed. They're really using the uh, their little antennae wiggling thing they did for Enterprise in this one a lot. I'm noticing it especially. It, it, I think they always right? try to tie it into when their they emotions. Us, two of my men were badly wounded. We're lucky we didn't kill them. You provoked this situation when you violated the territorial compromise. Only a Vulcan could call a hundred years of oppression a compromise. You annexed a planet that belongs to us. 
herded our people into refugee camps after you set up a military outpost here. As you can see, Captain, even after a hundred years, the situation still evokes anger on both sides. We will release our prisoners on the following conditions. Immediate withdrawal of all Vulcan military forces. The so-called compromise is to be rescinded, and the Vulcans must concede irrevocable sovereignty of Waiton to Andoria. Hmm, that's going to be a little tricky, probably. You don't. That's a lot. Expect them to agree to all that. I told you, he's a puppet of the Vulcans. For the record, the Vulcan High Command doesn't like me very much, and frankly, the feeling is mutual. If all you need is someone to deliver your list of demands, find somebody else. I've got other things to do. The Vulcans always say they're ready talk but it amounts to nothing treaty negotiations that drag on for years i want to speak to saval somebody who can deal with the situation without having to check with his superiors all right see what i can do well. here on my terms that might be a little difficult this is pointless but not impossible the thing is he's going to want something in return haven't they already taken enough? I'm talking about a gesture. Something to show you're serious. I came down here to see about the hostages. Why don't you let them go? And give away our only advantage. No. Release two of them, then. Keep the other one until after you've met with Saval. One. As a show of our good faith. That's a good thing, good bargaining, good good strategy there. At least you got one of them out. Acceptable. You got one of your men back. And in exchange, you'll deliver me into their hands? I'm sure the Andorians were impressed with your negotiating skills. They want to talk to you, not kidnap you. If I agree to a meeting, it simply legitimizes their position. And if you don't, these negotiations end before they begin. That may happen. Almost seems like the Vulcans want to fight While here. While we were on the surface, we detected three Andorian vessels approaching. They'll be here in less than five hours. They probably intend to resupply their troops on the surface. We won't allow that. Engaging an Andorian vessel could be construed as an act of war. That will be their decision. Both sides are responsible for what happens here. Yeah, it's going to get a little more sticky probably before it's finished, that's for sure. Respect, Ambassador. Why did you agree to let me go down there if you won't listen to my advice? I didn't request your help, Captain, and I don't feel obliged to accept it. You claim the Andorians are inflexible. At least they're willing to sit down and talk. Yeah. The ball's in your court now. It's a human expression. It means the next move is yours. Well, they really don't have any choice if they want to solve this. Although, it's kind of funny because Saval seemed to want to this negotiate and go down there at first anyway, a little bit. the captain? The ball is in our court. I don't like this. With all the interference, you won't be able to contact the ship if something goes wrong. They're expecting us. We'll be fine. Those Andorian ships will be here in four hours. I plan on being back long before then. 
Also, that territorial compromise they were talking about took eight years to work out. I'll try to speed things up this time. Yeah, let's just uh... here as soon as they land and treat the Vulcan with respect. Yes, sir. Let's just end this, you know, speak. quickly. You don't have to. I know what you're going to say. We discovered this planet. We made it livable. It belongs to us. Don't worry. It'll be ours again. How? By talking? We've been trying that for a hundred years and it's gotten us nowhere. They stall and lie and make promises they never intend to keep. We came here to fight. Why back down now? Vulcans shouldn't be able to really lie, though. But I guess uh, maybe they just exaggerate. Don't know anything about them except that they're friends of the Vulcans. Not always. I've seen that for myself. We attack now. We can have the Vulcans on the defensive before our ships arrive. Your recommendation is noted. Our troops are ready. There's no reason to wait. Enough. I value your opinion, Tara, but that does not allow you to question my commands. It's funny when when he says that's enough. Her her antennae just sort of like you know went down like a dog's tail almost. They're they're really doing a good job with that in this episode. I I guess I'm noticing it a little bit more than I have. I sent some soldiers to meet us. I'm afraid they'll want to blindfold you. It's just a security precaution. Thank you for the reassurance. Now, if you don't mind, I'll need a few moments of silence to prepare myself. Of course. DePaul. Weapons fire. I can't pinpoint the source. Well, that's not good. Archer Enterprise? We're still within their jamming range. I suggest we cancel the negotiations and return to your ship. For once, we're in full agreement. Direct hit to our starboard engine. Main power is offline. Now you see who you're dealing with, Captain? If you don't mind, Ambassador. We're losing altitude. 200 meters. I'm gonna bring us in on thrusters. 100 meters. 50. We need to reduce our speed. Ground's yeah. gonna do that for us. Working on that a little. Brace yourself. Yeah. Not very good here. Eh, what do they say? Whatever landing you can walk away from is a good one, so... Uh, but the shuttle is pretty bad off. This hasn't gone as exactly like he had hoped, I'm sure, and uh, they're they're getting out of the wreck shuttle. Phasers out, tricorder. Any idea where we are? The southeast quadrant, near the old spaceport. I told you I negotiated the last accord. I also served here. You were with the occupation force. As an intelligence officer, a long time ago. Our current deployment has a base of operations that way. About two and a half kilometers. I appreciate your help, Ambassador, but we're looking for the Andorians. Circumstances have altered our plans. I gave my word to Shran. I intend to keep it. Shran just tried to kill us. We don't know that. I suppose you think our troops are responsible for this. Sensors and communications are offline. There's weapons fire flying all over the place. We don't know what happened. Are you that naive? Shran is using you. This is a man who couldn't sleep because he thought he owed me something. 
I don't believe he asked me to come a dozen light years just so I could lead you into a trap. Yep, makes sense. And right now, it seems like the best thing to do is to get a ceasefire in place. The Andorians won't agree to that until they talk to you, in person. I managed to keep us on course most of the way in. We can't be more than a kilometer from Trans Landing coordinates. So Archer and T'Pol start to walk that way, and, and so does uh, the, eventually Saval. Uh, How would you know? We can't pick up anything through the interference. Our scanners are more sophisticated than yours. We detected weapons fire coming from the surface. Then your shuttle appeared to make an emergency landing somewhere in the colony. Where? We haven't been able to pinpoint the landing site, but our units on the ground are already searching. The High Command instructed me to take steps to recover Ambassador Saval. And our officers? Of course. We want to be involved in any rescue operation. We have more experience in these matters. I know. I once saw one of your commando units blast the hell out of a rebel compound during a rescue mission. We won't allow this provocation to continue. You don't even know where they are. Do you really think it's a good idea to go down there guns blazing? Our response will be appropriate. I'll keep you informed, Commander. Any luck? Yeah, it's not uh... Vulcans can't find him. See what you can do. Yes, sir. Not going so good. Ships. Three hours at their present speed. That shuttle was to be left alone. I gave specific orders. And they were followed. Then who fired those shots? The Vulcans, I suppose, trying to kill their own ambassador. That's so unlikely. Some of my men saw weapons fire coming from their positions. It's Vulcan subterfuge, I'm sure of it. What better way for them to justify an invasion than to blame us for killing their envoy? They are devious, but I doubt even they would go that far. Oh, you act as if they have some moral code. They have no conscience. Only their precious logic. They'll do anything to drive us off this planet. We should never have agreed to negotiate. You're not happy with the way I've handled this situation? Of course I am, sir. The Secretary reports, sir. Put our positions on alert. I want Saval and the pink skin brought to me alive. If they're looking for an excuse to attack, we won't give it to them. I'll see to it myself. It's funny, he seems to respect Archer more than the Vulcans, but he calls the, you know, he still calls Archer a lot of times pink skin, uh, and he calls Saval by his name. Although I think it's almost like perhaps you were farther off course than you thought. Pink skin is like almost like his, uh, almost like a friendly little jibe, you know, jab. This is the old residential quarter. According to our latest intelligence, the Andorians control the settlement west of here. If we keep moving this way, we should be down. Well, that's not a good way to go. Yeah. And this, uh, Not quite the warm welcome you expected, they've used Captain? this kind of look and set in a few episodes too. This it's very dark. I almost think they made these scenes just a little too dark, because is it like always dark on this planet? Where's the sun? You know. The Vulcan units must be advancing their positions. We should try to make contact with them. I don't recommend sticking your neck out right now. What do you recommend? Wandering through these ruins until we find an Andorian soldier and trust he's been informed not to shoot us on sight. Well, maybe so. That's not a bad idea. Maybe we should try that. 
I'll take a look. Stay here. Captain. That's an order. No offense, but my ears are less likely to draw fire than yours. What is their fixation with our ears? I believe they're envious. <laughs> Do you realize you picked up a slight human accent? You're one of the most promising members of my staff, Paul. If you'd stayed in San Francisco, you'd be the assistant counsel by now. You might even have a diplomatic posting of your own. I'm aware of that. Then why have you remained on Enterprise? We believed they needed our help when they first developed warp drive. That hasn't changed. Captain Archer's record is evidence of that. But there are others who can assist them. I find the work gratifying. She likes them. Come on. She likes them. Gratification is an emotional indulgence. You disagreed with our recommendation that Archer's mission be canceled after the tragedy at Paraga 2. Why? I was on board Enterprise at the time. I felt my opinion would be welcomed. You believed you knew better than the High Command? That sounds a great deal like another emotion. Arrogance. No, it's just the facts. She Perhaps does know better. She's there. She sees this stuff happen. She's, you know, just working together. Just because Captain Archer earned my respect doesn't mean I've been contaminated by his emotions. Did you make contact? Well said, I no. say. Well said, Paul. Let's keep moving. I always thought a little bit on Enterprise that the the Vulcans were portrayed just a little less ideal than I would expect. You know, no, Spock was, and although I think that just shows that even Shran. logic doesn't make you necessarily a good person if you can logically determine that. Even Commander, doing something that might be wrong is the logical thing to do. I guess I can't be sure. you do it. You see this EM differential here? That's the captain. It's definitely a bio sign. I'm 90% sure it's human. At least we know he's alive. Where is he? I need another hour. What's the status on those Andorian ships? They just dropped out of warp. They'll be here in 13 minutes. I think the Vulcans see them too. They're breaking orbit, probably giving themselves room to maneuver. Put the ship on tactical alert. I think one thing about this episode is this this sequence here is just maybe a little bit longer than it needed to be. Oh, Saval just took a hit. Only to the shoulder, but... Well, yeah, of course they are. How is he? It isn't life-threatening, but he needs medical attention. We brought the Vulcan ambassador to meet with Commander Shran. Yeah, that's not working. There's, there's on top of that structure. Near the underground. If I can work my way around, I might be able to come up from behind them. What do you expect me to do with this? Make sure they don't see me. I haven't fired a weapon in 50 years. You don't have to hit anything. Just keep them occupied. Really occupied. 
or I'm not going to get very far. There's some good effects in this episode with the, 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 the Andorian and the phaser fire. Andorians, of course, have sort of blue beams that shoot out of their weapons, and, and the phasers are red. Those Andorians have got some cool uh, big rifle-type uh, weapons, too. Archers slipping around behind them. All right, just one Kirk-style punch and he's down. I like it. At least he doesn't have to take out some Vulcans, of course. They're a little tougher to drop with one punch. And here comes the Andorian fleet, or not fleet, but three three Andorian ships coming in. Really cool vessels, too. Andorians as well. Travis laying a new course. Yeah. I want you to put us right between them. Hi, sir. That's a good place. Me asking. <laughs> what do you have in mind? We're just not gonna move. You gotta shoot us if you want to get down there. Of course, it is space, and there's three ships. I don't see how one ship can block three ships, but well, it's a TV show. What do you want? Yeah. Again, I just think this sequence is just taking a little too long. I mean, it's nice, it's fun, it's good, but I, I, I don't think they needed to go through all this this effort really. Oh, of course, now it's it's Susie Plaxen. Surprise, surprise! Who's firing at them? Oh, and her antenna just went up because Archer came behind. I've never fired one of these before. I'm not sure if it's set on stun. Shoot her now. Shoot her now. It doesn't have a stun setting. Yeah, well, that probably makes sense. You're trying to kill Saval. Undermine everything that Shran is trying to do here. Why? Do you want a war with the Vulcans? All we want is a chance to fight for what's ours. Before cowards like Shran negotiated away. You can take that up with him. Let's go. Don't let her get too close to you. She's got a long reach. Be careful. Yeah, I, I tried to tell you that. Should have just shot her. But of course, you know, Archer wouldn't do that. She's a little tough, too. Well, she trained with Worf, right? Oh, she just did a kick to Archer. Oh, but he got her. Now she's flipped. This is a good fight. Got her down, finally. Oh, now there's a nice scene in orbit with the Enterprise between the Vulcans and the Andorian ships. And the Andorians. Put them both on. 
Ooh, split screen view screen work. Captain Teller of the Imperial Guard. Commander, I strongly recommend you withdraw to a safe distance. I agree. We wouldn't want your vessel to be damaged by debris from the Vulcan ships. We will not allow the Andorians to land additional troops on Pond Makar. It's called Waitan, and our personnel there have been attacked. We'll provide whatever support they need. Any vessel attempting to enter orbit will be fired upon. That includes your sub, Commander. It's a very little political episode here, you know, of Trek, uh, much like they've done many times. Kind of has some similarities to things that have gone on in the world, of course. This is not a Starfleet matter. As long as my captain is stuck in the middle of your war zone, it is. The Andorians have made it impossible for us to recover Captain Archer. By now, he's most likely a casualty. Yeah, probably Don't not. Don't count him out so fast. We've managed to isolate his biosignature. Now, why don't you both give him and Ambassador Soval a chance to do their jobs before we start a war up here? He was ready to kill me. Good job. Good job, Trip. Apparently, these pink skins aren't as honorable as you thought. You all right? I suppose I shot the ambassador to make my story more convincing. Why would my lieutenant, a loyal member of the Imperial Guard, lie to me? Because she wants a fight. you're willing to resolve this situation through peaceful means. Do all your officers feel the same? Have you considered there might be Andorians who would want a war with Vulcan? Archer's nice and dirty here. He's got a bloody nose. Just needs a torn shirt and he'd just look like Kirk again. It could have meant my life. She's not the only one who risked her life. I said I'd bring Saval to meet you and we damn near got killed getting him here. I came because you asked me. Because you thought I could be trusted. Check Saval's wound. Check our shuttle. You'll find Andorian weapons signatures. Yeah, Shran ain't gonna like that. He doesn't take that very well when people don't obey his orders. Is this true? Answer me! What did you expect me to do? Follow my orders! Orders to do nothing while you betray us. It's not too late to redeem yourself. To make a stand. I intend to. There are others who feel this way. You'll see. I still can't get over how tall she is. She's she's like a good half a foot taller than all these guys. See the ambassador's wounds. And I think Scott Bakula is like six foot. We have a lot to discuss. Although I think she might be wearing some kind of boots or something, or making her taller. But uh, it's just pretty crazy. The breaking formation. They're heading for the planet. The Andorians are following, sir. Arm the forward phase cannons. See if you can target their weapons. We're being hailed from the surface. It's the captain. Hold off, Malcolm. Put him through. Captain! Nice to hear your voice, Trip. What's going on down there? You okay? T'Pol and I are fine. We're at the Andorian command post. Ambassador Saval's been injured, but Shran's medics are treating him. Did you say Shran's medics? He's just being a good host. 
The Andorians are allowing the Vulcan ships to move in and pick up their people. Glad you let us know. Did you run into any problems up there? No, nothing we couldn't handle. I'll fill you in later. We had a pretty rough landing. We'll need a ride back to the ship. I'll send Travis down to shuttle pod two. Acknowledged. Archer out. Those shuttle pods are not expensive. I, I think we could send Shran a bill for that. And cancel the tactical alert. Captain Starlog, supplemental. Ambassador Saval has begun talks with the Andorians. They've been difficult, but productive. The Imperial Council will not be satisfied until Vulcan recognizes our claim to Weta. I believe someone wants to find a compromise as a solution that neither side is happy with. In that case, these talks have been extremely successful. <laughs> I consider any negotiation that averts yeah. war to be a success. Oh, there's, there's a nice purple bottle here of something. To celebrate our mutual dissatisfaction. Vulcans don't drink. Oh, yeah, I think you should drink. I think you should. But this occasion merits an exception. And that's another thing. I thought there's been many times, I think, when uh, that's happened. Well, Spock again is a good example. He's not exactly fully Vulcan. To the so. ceasefire. Wouldn't have been possible without the help of our human friends. And to the successful continuation of these talks on Andoria. I trust they'll be more accomplished than just talk. So, you know, it's good. I like the fact they didn't just wrap everything up real neatly here. Of course, this uh, sort of the beginning stages of the Federation and having a drink together. With your permission, I'll escort Ambassador Sabal to the airlock. You know, you've got, I, I think, a good blend here. The humans are sort of between the two sides, the Andorians being very aggressive, very uh, warlike, and the Vulcans your presence not here so much. Has not been overly meddlesome. <laughs> I guess that's the best compliment he's going to get from uh, Saval about the the whole uh, situation and negotiations that Archer's been working on. I think he likes you, Pinkskin. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. And there we go. That's the uh, episode... Ceasefire. We'll dial down these ending credits. Yeah, like I said, not not terribly critical episode or really all that, you know, there's nothing amazing or different going on here, but I just like the, the fact that you've got the different species starting to work together, Archer sort of mediating between them. Uh, there's some good moments with uh, the other characters. I especially like the stuff with T'Pol and Saval talking about, you know, why she stayed aboard Enterprise. Some of Trip's stuff in this episode is good. Good good effects. I think that it was a little maybe obvious to me, and it should have been a little obvious to Archer, I think, about what was going on. Uh, the, um, you know, the Andorian there, played by Susie Plaxon, obviously didn't like what was going on with this from the beginning. And it was easy to pretty much pick her out and say, she's the one that's probably doing this and behind all the problems that you're having and getting fired upon when you're landing and all that. But anyway, uh, a nice episode. Enterprise, again, I, I think uh, a series that deserves 
another look uh, always in a series that that many I think Trek fans didn't really see as much of as maybe some of the others so check it out when you want to get a chance to look at this episode it is also in the little uh, flash player up on the Treks and Sci-Fi forums right now uh, for at least the next uh, couple of weeks probably until I put up the next thing I'm going to take a short break we'll come back and wrap up today's show Well, folks, that's going to do it for this week's edition of Treks in Sci-Fi. Just a couple of a, a little announcements. Always you can find out everything about uh, the, this uh, podcast and, and other things, the forums and links to a lot of different areas, uh, our, uh, different stories and articles over at treksinsci-fi.com. Please send me your emails, uh, reviews of movies, TV shows, books, uh, any comments you have for the show, you can create a little audio comment, hopefully in some way, maybe on your your new iPhone 4 uh, or <laughs> or whatever other device you have around. You can always send those into treksf at gmail.com, and I'll try to put those onto the next show that, that comes out. Next week uh, is going to be a special podcast. I'll be going home for the 4th of July weekend and holiday here in the States, uh, and so to in order to make it a little easier, I've sort of uh, planned ahead, and we've got an, uh, another interview with an author, a science fiction author named David Williams. He's got a trilogy of uh, sci-fi books out now that I know you're going to be interested in hearing about and reading. If you want to learn a little ahead of time, uh, his website for all of that is over at autumnrain2110.com. That again is autumnrain2110.com. And uh, it, we did a little interview over Skype yesterday, and it really went well. He was a great guy to talk to, and I think you're going to enjoy that. So that interview will be coming up next week on Treks and Sci-Fi. And the schedule is always updated, uh, and you can find that on the main website too. So thanks so much for downloading and listening this week. If you enjoy the show and feel like donating, there's donation links on the main website too. So I will talk to everyone again next week during that interview, and uh, I hope everyone in the uh, United States has a great 4th of July, which will be coming up, uh, I guess, a week from today, I believe. So take care, everyone. Hope you enjoyed today's show. I will talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. I need to sync my iPod. Years ago, on my happy V-Day, my family and friends, you see, they bought me a 32-gig black shiny eye thingy. Well, it stored all my music and some video. Looked slick and made me smile. I downloaded podcasts, pictures, and more. Had it with me all the while. I got an eye thingy. I got an eye thingy. I got an eye thingy, y'all.
listening to the weekly podcast, Treks in Sci-Fi, with Rico Dosti. For more information, visit treksinsci-fi.com. Join the forums at treksinsci-fi.com slash forum. Dr. Beverly Crusher, I would appreciate an explanation. Yes, you should. Do you have a comment, a suggestion, or a question? Email Rico today at treksf at gmail.com. That's treksf at gmail.com. And what do you think that tells me about your character? Treks in Sci-Fi, the weekly podcast with geeky goodness and entertainment news. Copyright 2010. All rights reserved. I can assure you that I'm not given to casual relationships. Yes, you should. Goodbye.